Hello, and welcome to Managing the Mitten, the podcast that discusses all things property management. I'm your host, Morgan Detbay, and today we're going to be talking about insurance. When it comes to investment properties, there's probably not much more uh, important than having the proper insurance on your properties. So my guest today is Eric Chase, sales manager for Insurance One. Welcome, Eric. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. We wanted the expert and we knew that would be you. Um, so we uh, we have some questions prepared for you to uh, get to know you a little bit before we get into our uh, serious topic. Um, so is that okay? We uh, put you on the spot here. That sounds good. Let's do it. Okay. So have you always lived in Michigan? I have. Yep. Born and raised in the Ann Arbor area and then moved out to Dexter my freshman year. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so you've kind of been in the same area. Uh, what's your favorite way to spend a day off? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, first off, any day off is a good day off. True. Uh, <laughs> uh, in the summertime, I love to golf. And then in the wintertime, I like to ice fish. So that would probably be the two things I would like to do on my day off. Fun. And both of those are like, uh, you know, so, uh, social distancing kind of COVID approved activities. So exactly. you're, you're good to go. <laughs> distancing better than anybody before it even happened. So. Before it even was a thing. Yep. Uh, what meal could you eat every day? Uh, I can eat a lot of things, but if I had to eat one thing, it, it pizza. Pizza. Yeah. That'd be my, my hubby's choice too. Yeah. Pizza. It's all the food groups, right? Exactly. Um, what band would you pay to see in concert right now? Well, if he was alive, that gentleman in the picture behind you, I'd love to see. Oh, him. yeah. Live. That'd be pretty sweet. The man in black. Yes, me too. If he wasn't, since he's not alive, I'd probably go with uh, Eric Church. Oh, love him. Yeah, that would be a great concert. I've never seen him. I've seen probably, I don't know, a thousand different country artists. And I've never seen Eric Church. Well, I'm not a huge concert goer, but I did see Eric Church at the Palace right before it closed down. Oh, that's probably it was, awesome. It was the best show I've ever seen. It was it was a great time. You did a oh, good job. Great. All right. I'm going to put him on my list. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite board game? Uh, board game, I guess I would say Monopoly, but okay. Cribbage is a, a not really a board game, but a game I like to play a lot. Yeah. Right. My family likes Monopoly. I feel like it's the game that never ends, though, so I can't get behind it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's you got to put a time frame on it for sure. Uh, what was your first job? Ooh, I, when I was young, I delivered newspapers. And for those of you who don't know what newspapers are, you know, ask your parents. <laughs> but I did, I did that at a fairly young age. I want to say about 10 years old with my brother and I. And then um, I mowed lawns as a young kid as well. But my first like paycheck job, I worked at Barton Hills Country Club in the cart room, cleaning carts and golf clubs. Um, so that was my first job. And then my first real job out of college was with Nationwide Insurance. I worked for an agency out of Ann Arbor. All right. Yeah, that's right. a cool one. So your love of golf was obviously uh, rooted pretty young. Yep. Yep. That, that got free golf every Monday, which uh, oh. was a young man that was a lot of and, and a, a brand new or a beautiful golf course too on top of it all yeah that's a big deal yeah um okay hopefully you'll tell the truth on this one what was your nickname growing up 
I didn't honestly didn't really have one. Um, that means they just didn't call uh, you it to your face. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know about it. Yeah, it's a good one. So there's probably a few out there, but E, just E was, I, a lot of my friends would call me E for Eric. Okay, that's safe. <laughs> Pretty uh, talented <laughs> friends I've got coming up with nicknames. They're very creative. <laughs> yeah, creative. All right, and what animal do you think describes you the best? Oh, man. It's kind of a dumb question. <laughs> that, that's an interesting one. I mean, an animal that I would love to be would be like an eagle, to be able to fly and a bird, I guess, in general. But if I, to describe me, I guess I would say a bear. A um, bear, okay. Big, burly, and huggable. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah, an eagle, I mean, if anyone saw you, they'd tweet about it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll get into our, our topic for the day because this is an important one and one that um, sometimes is honestly um, kind of forgotten when someone is maybe not intentional invest investor, but um, has a you know single family home that they're living in and is going to be um, traveling for a few years for work or whatever, and then decides to rent out their property. Sometimes the insurance is kind of an afterthought. And so um, this is a really important topic. Um, as a landlord, there is a, there's many unique risks, um, and hiring a property manager obviously can help avoid some of those risks, but we can't reduce all of them, and that's kind of where insurance comes in. So I want to talk to you about uh, insurance that are uh, specific to landlords and that might help mitigate some of that risk that comes with uh, investing. Uh, or investment properties. So when someone is purchasing a rental property, what types of policies do you recommend to them? Um, it, it depends on where it is located, but typically it's just a, a, what's called a dwelling fire policy, uh, also known as a, like a landlord liability policy is pretty standard. Um, but kind of backing up a little bit, what you were saying, if somebody was moving out of their existing house and then gonna rent it, they're in that situation, they want to make sure they get that switched because their primary homeowner's insurance policy is probably null and void once they move out of that house. They need to switch it over to a dwelling fire policy that we talked about. So that's one thing to keep in mind if you're moving out and turning it into a rental property. And that's because uh, a lot of the um, risk that come with a tenant is not usually covered on just a, a homeowner's policy, right? Because you can't really control what a tenant does. Um, and so there's probably a little higher liability that's needed with a landlord policy, I'd assume. Exactly. Yep. The, the, there's different coverages involved and different exposure to liability. Exactly. Okay. That makes sense. Um, could a policy um, like a landlord liability policy cover rental income if the home became uninhabitable, um, if there was a, uh, a claim? Yep. Yeah, most, most dwelling fires or landlord liability policies do have that. Um, it's usually a, a, every policy is different. So again, you always want to talk with your insurance agent to make sure it's specific to what you need and what they offer, but it typically covers usually about a year of income or while the, up to a year while the house is being fixed due to the claim. Okay. That's good to know. Um, do landlord liability policies cover, um, a renter's personal property or how does that, how does that work? I think that's one of the biz biggest um, misnomers that people or tenants actually believe that their landlord covers their personal belongings. And that is not true at all. The landlord is responsible for the structure itself, 
if the landlord does have personal property inside that home, like maybe they furnish the couch or the refrigerator, that type of stuff, that would be covered underneath the landlord policy, but only if he owns it. So if it's the tenant's uh, property and he has no ownership to it, he or she has no ownership to it, then that's not going to be covered under the landlord policy. So the tenant needs what's called a tenant insurance policy uh, or a renter's policy, also known as, and it's it's very inexpensive, but it gives you great coverages for your personal property, but also a little liability coverage as well. Okay. Yep. That's important. Um, and I'm, uh, we as a company have it as our policy that all tenants have to have renter's insurance. And I'm sure you agree that that's something that all landlords would want to put in place since there is no coverage and the tenant's liability can help the landlord as well. Correct. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if somebody say trips on the front porch of, on the stairs, it's most likely a good chance the tenant and the landlord both could be brought into that lawsuit. So to alleviate, you know, the exposure to both of them, you want to make sure they both have some both liability. Have exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, some landlords that we've worked with in the past, they assume that because they own a condo and the HOA has an insurance policy, that they don't need a landlord policy on the condo. Is that true? That is not true. Um, backing up a little bit, you're not not required to have homeowners insurance at all unless there's a mortgage involved. The mortgage company is the one that require it. Obviously. It's important to have it. I th I'd recommend everybody sure. to have it, but it's not a requirement by like the state per se. Like auto insurance is required. You have to have some type of auto insurance by the state. So to your point with a condo though, the association does have insurance for their end, for the structure, but the condo owner is responsible typically, and it depends, you wanna look at the bylaws and see what specifically works for that condo, but typically it's half the drywall inward is what that condo owner is responsible for. And that's what your insurance would cover. The association's insurance, if there was a total fire, it might rebuild it back to its original structure. But if there's been any updates by you or previous owners of the condo, that's not gonna be covered. So most definitely you do wanna have condo insurance as an owner, whether you're the, the tenant or the, the owner or the landlord or not. Mm -hmm. okay. That's good to know. Um, I know landlord policies tend to cost a little more than homeowner policies because there is that higher risk. How much more could a would a landlord um, pay over a homeowner's policy? Uh, that's a tough uh, percentage to even give you, but I'd say yeah. roughly five to ten percent higher, just oh. as a rough number. So it's not out outrageous. Uh, like vacant insurance, which is a little different. Um, that can be almost double what your standard homeowners would be, but a dwelling fire policy, I'd say roughly five to 10% higher. Okay. And if a landlord, um, uh, wanted to rent their home as a short-term rental, like an Airbnb or a VRBO, are there, uh, additional coverages that should be considered for those types of properties? Well, I will say that's a little tougher to find an insurance market for. It, it's not a standard rental property that's rented out 52 days a week to one tenant or, you know, it could be multiple different tenants. So you do, it is harder to find insurance for that. Uh, so you want to make sure they're aware of how often you're renting it out. What's the time frame of what you're doing. Um, and so you, there is markets out there, um, but it is harder to find. But in terms of, to answer your question, coverage-wise, 
it's very similar to dwelling fire policy. It's it's pretty much the same. Okay, and just to be clear, um, uh, a homeowner's policy for an owner-occupied property would not be sufficient for an Airbnb type of property either, correct? They would need to make that adjustment? Most likely, yes. You're going to have to have a different policy. Again, talk with your insurance agent to find out specifically. But yeah, if you're renting out a room, uh, whether that's all year round or a couple weekends a year, that's that can impact your standard homeowner's policy for sure, making you ineligible in most situations. And if there's a uh, vacation property um, that uh, is rented, you know, weekly or monthly, like on a, on VRBO, and they are renting the home with some type of watercraft, and they want to uh, make sure that they have uh, substantial uh, coverage, what types of policies would you recommend um, that they could, you know, maybe even over-insure themselves? So you're, you're talking about liability exposure and that, yeah, if you're on the water, if you have a pool, those big liability exposures there. So there's what's called an umbrella policy that's available that gives you above and beyond liability limits. So underneath your homeowner's policy or renter's policy or excuse me, dwelling fire policy, you have certain liability limits, typically 500 to a million, where if you get sued for more than that, who, where's that money come from, right? It basically comes out of your pocket in a normal mm -hmm. situation, unless you have an umbrella policy, that umbrella policy would then kick in, giving you an additional, typically a million or more of liability coverage. So it's, and, and it's pretty inexpensive. You're talking for a million dollar coverage, about 200, $250 for the year. So very yeah. reasonable for what you're getting. Yeah. So everybody, that's a, a, a great expense to, to, sure. uh, to make. Everybody would want to get one of those policies, in my opinion. Uh, just yeah, and, be careful. And you get people that say, well, I, I, don't, I don't have any money. They can't get it from me anyways. Well, they can garnish your future wages. You know, they, they can get the money one way or another. So it's definitely something, well, especially if you're a landlord, you've got yeah the house itself that you could lose, you know? Yeah, so. exactly. And for that, for that cost, why would you even want to take on the liability? It's not like we're talking a couple thousand a year, a couple hundred dollars. You could definitely justify that if you're um, in having investment properties and, and dealing with tenants in those high risk situations. Uh, it, well, thank you. That was, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Just to add on to it, not only would it extend from that one property, it would extend from your primary, your auto insurance. So it's above and beyond all your policies that are, if they're bundled together, that's the other key. It's typically they got to be on the same carrier. Oh, that, well, that would be huge. So you can get an umbrella for all of your policies um, and um, that saving or that expense becomes even less than at that point. Yeah. Um, now, that was another question that I had. When it comes to um, a landlord liability policy, you if you have them, uh, all of your policies with the same carrier, you can bundle that with your homeowners and auto and all of that. Is that it's possible to bundle them? Yep, you definitely can. And sometimes there's some significant savings. On, on those policies as well. Okay, good to know. Now, um, you're with Insurance One Agency. Um, if someone wanted to get an estimate on um, uh, homeowners or a landlord liability policy, how do they go about doing that? Well, I'll say that Insurance One, we're an independent agency, which means we represent more than six different carriers. It gives us the ability to shop around to try to find the best rate out there for you. Uh, and the best thing to do is call us at one 800 752-0680. And we can line you up with somebody to help you get some quotes and uh, see what we can do for you. 
Great. You know what? This was super helpful information, Eric. I appreciate you taking time to chat with me about it today. Um, and I will uh, put up the contact information for you at the end of the show. But thank you so much uh, for being on with us today. That well, was my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Morgan. Well, now we are to my favorite fart. My favorite fart. Again. Well, now we are... Oh gosh, I need more coffee. Okay, let's try again. Well, now for my favorite part of our episode, our maintenance minute with Randy Ostrom. Hello, RMO maintenance. Oh, slow down, slow down. Just give me a minute. Ice for a drink can be refreshing, but ice from a winter storm on sidewalks and on steps can be dangerous. Hey, will you pass me the salt? What? what is, not this kind of salt. But you know what? Let's take a look at this kind of ice melting stuff a little bit closer. So what we have here is the calcium chloride pellets. They uh, last the longest. Uh, they work in negative 25 degrees and they are considered the premium of ice melts. Here is the ice melt blend. So it's easier on surfaces. It's a step up from rock salt, but uh, this is gonna be your kind of mid-grade ice melt. This here is rock salt. So it's kind of on the lower grade of the ice melts. Rock salt is good for traction. So it's good on driveways. And also if you need instant traction for tires, if you happen to be stuck in snow. For those of us with pets, uh, salt can do a lot of damage and it can actually hurt the, the paws of your puppies. Uh, it can hurt their, the pads that are on the bottom of their feet. So they've developed a product that's pet safe, unless you like putting those boots on your dogs and watching them kind of walk around like that, because that's kind of fun too. So spending money on ice melting material is way cheaper than the money you would have to spend to a doctor if you break your leg from a slip and fall. Trust me, I know. But for real, is this the only salt we have in the house? It is? Okay. Looks like my minute's up. But you know, when you're working with RMO, we're gonna figure your problem out together, no matter what it is. Right now, I'm gonna get this done before the weather takes a turn for the worse. Rental Management One is a full-service property management company managing properties throughout the state of Michigan. For more information, check out our website at www.rentalmanagement1.com.